0: weeknights to 105.5 at 10 p.m. for The Good Life with John Robert Quinn. And join us online at thegoodliferadioshow.com. See you soon.
1: Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owner, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour. On Money 1055, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now, your hosts, John and Rena. Hello, and welcome to the Impact
2: Hour. I am Rena. And you get both of us today. This is awesome. We're glad that you've joined us. Today's topic is. About the experience that you create, we believe firmly that you create your own experience of life, and we will be empowering you to improve that, and the experience that you create is not only your own, because the experience that you're creating for yourself, you kind of share with the people around you. So you're very much creating an experience for people in your own life. So this show is intended to empower you to have a better experience for yourself and to create a better experience for other people. We love empowering people with this kind of stuff.
3: That might be a pretty radical idea for some people the idea that they're creating their experience. And some folks might, that might be a brand new idea for them. Let me unpack that just a little bit.
2: Well, that's awesome. We're going to talk about several different aspects of it. It has a lot to do with your thoughts and the way that you think, kind of creates a frame of reference for you. It's, it's, It's like a filter or a lens that you're looking through. So um, it's kind of funny. I just got myself a new pair of sunglasses, and and they're tinted brown, which I like. But what I really like is the red ones, gray with, like, a little bit of red because I kind of like looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, visually it's appealing to me. But um, I love the idea of just having a positive spin on things. So we create an experience by what we're expecting while we're, you know, Life is leading up to an event. What we're expecting about that event is a great example of how we create our own experience. We also create our own experience by what we're looking at or looking for because we know that what we're looking for, we'll find more of that. So if we're looking for negative, by gone it. We're going to find more negative. If we're looking for positive, we're going to find more positive.
3: So life isn't what happens to you. It's the experience you create for yourself.
2: And there's a ton of choice, which may not be apparent because this isn't, I would say, a normal conversation in our society. Most people are just going through life experiencing whatever comes at them and letting their circumstances dictate their experience. But you can actually choose how you respond to it and create a different experience for yourself, regardless of the circumstances. Awesome. So this is going to be really great. Your thoughts definitely shape your experience of life so somebody could go through the exact same circumstances you could have two people experience the same thing and for one person it was catastrophic disastrous horrible and the other person it was no big deal for example you're driving to work and the tire blows out on your car for somebody that could ruin their week or their month And for somebody else, it's just something they deal with and get through and and move on. And it really doesn't have that much of an impact on them. And that comes down to the, the thoughts that they're having about that and their choices and their attitudes and their beliefs. That's why we're excited to empower you with new ways of thinking that you can choose into, you can choose for yourself to change up your experience. So some of the ways that we think that influence our experience are the stories that we tell ourselves. What happens? What do we make it mean that something happened? Was it good or bad? Did it mean we were a bad person? Did we make a mistake? Were we a failure? Did that mean that they didn't like us? There's lots of different options for the stories that we tell ourselves why something happened. Those will very much determine our experience. Similarly, our expectations. I um, recently spent some time with somebody who had a lot of stress around Parking and crowds in traffic. And I found that for myself, it made a very stressful experience. Uh, it, there were comments like, oh, there's not going to be any parking when we get there. The crowds are going to be terrible. And I felt like I had this, like, sense of dread. And it created for me an experience, and I found myself really seeking to counteract that. You know, I'm sure we'll find some parking. It'll work out fine. It'll, it'll be great. The um, expectations that we have, therefore, are really creating... Our experience, same with our worldview, the way that we believe that the world works. Are we rewarded for doing something good? Um, You know, what are we expecting? And what we choose to focus on is a huge impact on our experience of life. Are we focusing on possibilities and on solutions? Are we focusing on problems and how things won't work and negativity? You can see how those can really start to paint your own experience of life in fact we have a show um, it's episode 43 we have show recordings on the impacthour.com and if you want to hear more about this kind of stuff it's called excuse me it's called what you know you get what you focus on so where you choose to put your focus you're going to get more of that that's why we love to encourage people to focus on possibilities and solutions and what you want so is that
3: some magical thing that happens? Why do people get more of what they focus on?
2: Well, there's, we're going to talk about it a little later. We might just talk about it now. There's a thing called confirmation bias. And confirmation bias is, is you believe something to be true, so you automatically search for times where that, what you believe is true is happening. And you automatically ignore the things that don't fit that. We see that oftentimes in politics. We believe that the other side is always doing the wrong thing. And there may be many examples where they are doing things that are aligned with what we believe to be good choices. But we'll ignore those and focus only on those things that are confirming our current beliefs. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add to uh, you get what you focus on?
3: Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good description. And uh, I think in addition to that, I think by focusing on those things, we we actually do create more of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's a subtle thing. You know, we engage with the world and others in in ways, maybe even subconsciously, and end up creating more of the thing we're focusing on. So we're focusing on negative things. We create more of that. I, mean, it, it's a, I I'm certainly agree it's a selective confirmation bias thing. You select out the the details that confirm your already preconceived ideas and, and beliefs. But I think in addition to that, we end up creating more of it.
2: Yeah, there's a subconscious process. When, when we say something, when we state something as though it's true, our subconscious gets to work on making it happen. And I know I learned about this, especially when we do affirmations. I did a whole show on affirmations, and we have to be careful to – to not use the word "not," I just used a double negative there, but
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we don't say um, "I will not get angry today," because the subconscious doesn't hear the the "not" part, and it hears I, "I will get angry today," and it actually gets to work on creating that. It's it's a powerful force, and that's one of the reasons I love encouraging people to use affirmations because when we state something as though it's true we automatically go about creating that. It's it's a very powerful tool, something good to be aware of for sure. So what we found is that happiness is really a choice. It's not what happens to you. It's something that you can opt into at any time and in any place. Very powerful.
3: Yeah. You find highly successful people, they've learned the art of being happy regardless of the circumstances. And they don't let their circumstances control how they feel throughout their day.
2: And doesn't that sound awesome to not be blown around by whatever happens to you that day? Yeah. That sounds very appealing to me.
3: A m- lot more empowering.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Did you, wanna, did you have someone you want to tell us about that was a powerful example of that?
3: Sure. There's a couple things in there. I love jokes. <laughs> so there's this joke. These two kids and one kid is a grump. And he always complains about everything. And these two kids are brothers. And the other kid is the opposite. He's always happy. No matter what happens, he's always excited and and sees the good in people and the good in the event. And so his parents decide to mess with them. So one Christmas, they get the grump, everything he ever wanted. His Christmas list is totally filled out with everything he wanted and he opens his presents and he complains, this one was green, I wanted the blue one. And this one didn't come with batteries, and just just complaining. And the other kid, the really positive one, they gave him a pile of horse poop in a in a big box. And so that kid opens it, sees the horse poop in the box, and starts diving into the poop. And he's laughing and giggling. And they're like, what? It's horse poop. And he's like, well, I know where there's horse poop. There's got to be a pony. <laughs> and <laughs> That's know- a
2: positive expectation right yes. there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that's really a great example of how your circumstances can create your experience if you let it. But you don't have to let that really create your experience. You get to choose.
2: Yeah, you know, I really feel sad when I peop- see people – um, and, and it's easy to do, to get caught up in the circumstances. But when I see folks who are, you know, really down, really stressed, really upset in turmoil because of what's life is going on in life, it's I feel very saddened for that because I know that there is an option uh, to have really more of a positive experience for that.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So we will be right back.
2: You're listening to the Impact Hour.
5: What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of The Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 1055. Go to TheImpactHour.com to schedule your complimentary session today.
4: If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for The Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 1055. Find John and Rena on
5: Facebook
1: at The Impact Hour. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is The Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 1055.
3: Welcome back to The Impact Hour. Today we are talking about the experience you create. It turns out life is not what happens to you, but it's the choices you make, and you get to choose to be happy and enjoy your experience of life. And the circumstances in many cases really just don't matter in a lot of ways. Yeah. So Good we've been news. we've been going through a couple of examples here. I gave a, a joke earlier. I think that joke's pretty fun. But another real life example: there's was a woman who was in concentration camps in World War II in Germany called Corrie Ten Boom. You might have heard of her. She wrote a book called The Hiding Place. And one of the stories that she tells in there is they were in this room, these uh, prisoners in there. They were deprived of a whole lot of freedoms. It was very oppressive. And in this room where they kind of forced to get into um, they they got in there and and they were fleas like a ton of fleas in the room
2: now we just dealt with fleas over the summer, and that was that was not fun yeah. but that's not like months on end living with just uncontrolled fleas so I can't imagine basically right. how that was
3: yeah crazy right yeah so so they were talking amongst each other uh, Corey Tenboom actually actually had a Bible with there they were able to read uh, something to to kind of grasp onto in the midst of a really tough circumstance. And uh, they were reading through, and one of the things talked about being thankful in in all your circumstances. And one of the other ladies there was talking about being thankful for all of it and all the good things that were in their situation. And they agreed that it was great that they were there together, that they weren't isolated, and that they had their Bible that they could read and share and and use that as a a thing to talk about and uh, be a part of something they can hold on to, a faith that can carry them through their situation. And this lady suggested that they would be thankful for the fleas. Now, in the story, Corey Ten Boom was not very thankful for the fleas. <laughs> She's like, you got to be kidding me. Nobody is thankful for fleas. But it turned out after a while they realized that they could be and have a lot of privacy from the guards. They didn't get much harassment from the guards, um, you know, None of the, the you know, usual beatings and things that might take place just didn't happen to them. The guards did not want to go into their room because of the fleas. And they learned that they could be thankful even for the fleas in their situation. One of the big takeaways that this Cory Ten Boom got from her experience is there is one thing nobody can ever take away from you, and that is your ability to choose regardless of the circumstance you can always choose and one of the choices you can choose into is to be thankful and be happy in your current circumstance and to see the good in it
2: it's a great exercise well first of all i love the humanity you know there that it's not it wasn't automatic for her it actually took effort to become thankful for those fleas and um, needed somebody else to point that out. So it just shows where it's good to get support and it's not always easy. And we can all find things that we're thankful for in all circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. If you'd like to hear more about this kind of topic... Um, on theimpacthour.com, you can check out episode 30 called The Art of Reframing. And you can choose to reframe what you have going on to improve your experience of it. Now, I don't know about you all, but maybe you can relate. Sometimes I will have gone through a situation and I get kind of bent out of shape. I get upset, I get mad, I get hurt. I am hurt and I'm feeling all this stuff and then I start replaying the story in my mind about how I was wronged or how that shouldn't have happened or how it should have been different or you know this and that and, and then the feelings increase. And I tell myself the sorry some more, and the feelings increase even more. And it, it really solidifies this experience that is not only uh, difficult to go through, but actually unproductive because what it, that's doing is keeping me stuck in that place instead of um, being in a place where I can move on and, and be in a more positive, useful state. So that's just a, something to become aware of if you haven't thought of that for yourself. Where are you telling yourself a story over and over again about something that happened and reinforcing those feelings? It's, it takes practice, and it's really helpful if you can stop telling yourself the story and just just be with the feelings, let the feelings go away. You'll find that they'll subside considerably. Because you're not reinforcing it with the story, so that'll improve your experience in life to not be so distressed when you can stop telling yourself the uh, same stories over and over again.
3: I know I can sure relate to that.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's part of the human experience, and and, and it's so easy. And I mean, this is part of our work that we do, and it's something you know I'm, I'm always working to improve myself on and. I find that I just get caught up in it without kind of realizing it.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, and I, and for me, you know, I get into like, I call it a spin cycle, a mental <laughs> spin cycle.
2: Yeah. And,
3: and there, there must be something I'm getting out of it because I'm drawn into it.
2: Yeah. Oh, you get vindication. Oh, yeah. And
3: justification. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're
2: right. There's there's a payoff for it. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the goal is to really use your thoughts to create a positive experience for yourself. When you're in more of a positive state, you'll be able to be more creative and have more of a positive impact on the people around you. And a way that you can do that is to focus on what you do want instead of focusing on what you don't want. I find that that also takes effort (laughs) because my natural inclination is to, to really take note of and focus on what I'm not wanting like I don't want it to be that it shouldn't be that way that that's just wrong you know and and I can go on and on about that and energetically I have a different experience when I switch it over to what is it that I do want instead and then I can start focusing on the solution to help make that happen
3: yeah you focus on the problem, it just holds you stuck in the midst of the problem rather than focusing on solutions.
2: Well, it makes sense. Where is the solution possibly going to come from when all you're doing is focusing on what's wrong? Right. You start moving your attention to what do I want to create instead. Then you can start doing something different about it.
3: Right. Yeah, it was great you brought up feelings because that's the next thing we want to talk about is the experience we create oftentimes can be rooted in our feelings. So we were talking about this the other day, and uh, we weren't sure if it always was one or the other, and I think we agreed that it could be either way, where you can have some thoughts, and our thoughts might produce some feelings.
2: I I know for certain that thoughts produce feelings, and sometimes feelings come up on their own, and then we have thoughts where we we unconsciously create, interpret it. So, yeah, they come here or there, and either way, the thoughts do cause feelings
3: yes (laughs) for sure yep so feelings um we're not really taught a whole lot about how to feel Uh, a lot of times i think (laughs) we're taught that feelings are unwanted uh alien visitors in our lives and uh something (laughs) like that so if we're sad a lot of times we'll apologize for being sad in front Mm. front of somebody or if we're Mm. afraid We'll be embarrassed about it and hide that. Or if we're angry, well, that's just not okay. We can't be angry at people. Um, you know, so we're really not taught a whole lot about uh, how to feel and what to do with those and, and to manage our feelings.
2: So it's an opportunity to learn now yeah, how to, how to handle and manage and be with our feelings.
3: Very much so. Mm-hmm. So we found that there was kind of a dichotomy. That if you're dwelling on your feelings, so kind of like the spin cycle we talked about earlier where we just replay the story over and over again and we just increase our feelings, which may or may not include the story. But if we're just dwelling on the feelings, we're sitting there stewing in and we're reinforcing them instead of being a little bit angry, it escalates. And now we're a lot angry because we've dwelt on it so much. That's really not the same thing as working through the feelings. So there's a a third option, which we think also is not good, which is what we call stepping over the feelings. Where you feel something and you stuff it down and you try to ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist, that's also not working through the feelings. Um, And working through the feelings is really the best way to move past them and to have a better experience that you create for yourself. So when you dwell on your feelings, you reinforce them. So you're telling the story, maybe even you're perfecting the story.
2: I, I do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's good. So then I start saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. When you work through the feelings instead, though, it's about lessening the feelings and healing from the experience. So example might be, you know, replaying the events in your mind and reinforcing the meaning that you created from the event and the story that you have and The meaning that you have might be people can't be trusted, see, people just don't care, or I don't count, and we just reinforce and dwell on that and increase and reinforce all of that stuff, and it amplifies it. Versus working through it, identifying the lie that you took in from the experience and connecting with what is the real truth in that experience that you had. That would be a way of, of healing from the experience rather than just amplifying it.
2: So, for example, one of the, you'd mentioned, you know, people have an interpretation that says that people can't be trusted. See, okay, now they've probably got their confirmation bias going on. So now they're looking for it. That's right. probably something that, you know, we I'll go ahead and say because so many of us deal with this. We learned in childhood, and now we're moving through life looking for places and times where people can't be trusted. And so the opportunity to work it through is identifying the lie. That's not true. It, it, it is not accurate that people can't be trusted. Some people, sometimes, maybe it's, they're not safe. Maybe you shouldn't be trusted. But to have that as a generalization is a lie. Right. So look for the truth instead. That How about you are a discerning person and you know when you should trust somebody. Yes. Yeah.
3: And it's such a... A release to work through the experience and reconnect with the real truth, you just get a sense of peace, and you have to wrestle with it quite so much. At least it lessens it. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, what I found is that it doesn't go away instantly. There's no like cure-all for like I had this really cruddy experience, and then bling, it's gone. Uh, I've never experienced that. It, it does come up, but when you work through it, it lessens. It decreases its its power over you. And then you work through it again, and it decreases some more, and it decreases some more, mm-hmm. until over time it's, it's noticeable, but it's not such a big deal like it used to be.
2: The power is lessened for those things that once controlled us. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So, so the goal here is not to skip over your feelings, which I know I've done a whole lot of and was taught to do, but it's to go ahead and feel the feelings and acknowledge them and to, to understand what they're connected to. Why is it that I'm feeling this way? And then to acknowledge and connect with the real truth and, and then work through it.
2: Yeah, you know, it, when you think of a friend who's having a hard time, you wouldn't want them to just tell you wouldn't want to tell them to just stop feeling. Right. You know, you don't tell them to just get over it or just stop feeling that way, you know, but we'll tell ourselves that. So I just want to call people to call you all listeners to have compassion for yourself. If you've been through something and you've got some feelings, be kind to yourself and don't beat yourself up over it. Just like you would be there for a friend. You can be there for yourself because when we stuff our feelings down. They don't just go away. They come out in um, in weird kinds of ways. So when uh, we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about dealing with feelings, and we're also going to dive into the experience that we're creating for the people around us. So please do stay tuned. You're welcome. You're listening to the Impact Hour.
6: Now is the time to decide where you want your children to attend school for the 2017-2018 season. Victory Christian has been a steadfast establishment in the sacramental community for more than 50 years. The elementary curriculum provides a rich sequential flow, emphasizing the basics to instill foundational biblical truth, to inspire the formation of godly inner convictions, and to impart academic knowledge. Your child will receive regular classroom activities with additional classes in computers, Physical education, music, and an art docent program. Victory Christian is an evangelical, non denominational Christian school system and has a proven record of producing college graduates, doctors, lawyers, business owners, and civil leaders that have a strong foundation with Christ. Today's students are tomorrow's leaders. Visit online victorycs.org. That's victorycs.org. And always remember.
7: This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com, a public radio station in Berkeley, California. KPFA recently disinvited world-renowned scientist Richard Dawkins due to his alleged abusive speech about Islam. Over the years, Richard Dawkins has basically insulted the intelligence of anyone and everyone who believes in God. He has made extremely caustic comments about Christianity and every other theistic worldview, including Islam. Dawkins says the station's accusation that he is engaged in abusive speech about Islam is libel. Moreover, he points out, quote, I am known as a frequent critic of Christianity and have never been deplatformed for that. Why do you give Islam a free pass? Why is it fine to criticize Christianity but not Islam? End quote. Now, that's a really good question. It is because of a very twisted understanding of sensibilities, the redefinition of free speech, and the protection of certain groups rather than others. I'm Albert Mueller.
8: What if you could have an experience of a lifetime this year? Something that goes beyond mundane. It's not a vacation. It's an opportunity you won't soon forget. A timely and important expedition to the land of Israel awaits you. Make plans now for the Stand with Israel tour happening this fall. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on a nine-day trip to Israel that will offer you firsthand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll introduce you to the geopolitical, economic, and security dynamics of a truly remarkable nation. Get a behind-the-scenes view into many of the places you've read and heard about, all during Jerusalem's 50th year anniversary the Western Wall, modern Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and much more with expert guides and important lectures at key sites surrounded in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. Look forward to something special this year. Stand with Israel. For trip details, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com.
0: At Lucia Capital Group, we believe there are three critical steps that should precede making any investment decision. Education, advice, and planning. Education, Learn about available options and expand your understanding of investment products. Advice. Get guidance from experienced financial planning professionals who you feel understand your specific needs. Planning. Choose a strategy that consistently supports your investment decisions. Where can you go for financial guidance? Lucia Capital Group invites you to build your wealth education at WealthEd.com. WealthEd.com features live and on demand video programming featuring Lucia Capital Group advisors who will help educate you about investing, give guidance based on years of experience in the financial services industry, and help you build a strategic plan that integrates your investments. WealthEd.com, the site dedicated to wealth education. WealthEd.com. Securities offered through Lucia Securities LLC. SIPC and a subsidiary of Lucia Capital Group, a registered investment advisor. All investments are subject to risk, including loss of principal.
4: If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on money 105.5
5: find john and rena on facebook at the impact hour what if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger where are your passions hiding you are here to create an authentically empowered life there's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour every Wednesday on Money 1055. Go to the impacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today.
1: Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 1055. More fun than visiting the in-laws.
3: Welcome back. Today, we've been talking about the experience that you create. If you have missed past episodes and would like like to catch up on those, or if you would like to take us with you, you can go to theimpacthour.com. I think it requires the www in front of it. You can get in there, and everything is completely hidden. You have to search around and try to figure out what information <laughs> is. No, just kidding.
2: <laughs> go to show recordings, it it'll,
3: it'll tell you where to go and explain how to get us in a podcast if you'd like. <laughs> and if today you'd like some uh, maybe some support or coaching around the experience you've been creating for yourself, maybe you've discovered that you've been in what I call the spin cycle, And you're not sure what is the real truth in that, but you suspect maybe there is something in there. You can call today at 866-576-1055. That is 866-576-1055.
2: And we will be certain to take really good care of you. We do that with our callers. We do. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to kind of wrap up the the idea, the topic around feelings and, and dealing with our feelings by, again, pointing out that we're creating our own experience when we choose to dwell in worry and fear and dread, when we choose to dwell in anger or in sadness. So we have options for working through those feelings instead of just staying in them. One such option is to choose to be present in the moment. And uh, I had a, a colleague and a friend on, Christine de Guzman, and we talked about mindfulness, which really is a lot about being present in the moment and compassionate. And instead of focusing on what happened in the past or what might happen in the future, what's going on around you right here and right now? What do you hear? What do you feel? What do you see? What do you sense? Instead of letting your thoughts take on a a mind of their own, that sounds funny, (laughs) go off and running, (laughs) you can um, choose to just be present and pay attention to what's going on around you, trusting that whatever does come to pass, you'll be able to handle it. You've got this and it's just fine. I'm very excited to talk about beingness that's a, i don't know if i i don't think i made up that word it's the way that you're being and it it's all about how you're showing up so we're transitioning to how you're creating your own life experience and how that's starting to affect other people around you okay so how you're being is about how that you're showing up it's the outward expression of your thoughts and feelings see a lot of times we think what we're thinking and what we're feeling is internal And I'm here to let you know that it is actually experienced by other people. Your thoughts and feelings very much affect other people, and that's how they experience you. That's your beingness. We're going to spend a little bit of time on, really we have some examples, some poignant examples of ways that you might be being, might be showing up in your relationships, and how that's affecting other people. One such example is having a persona or a mask. If you need to project an image to the people around you, maybe you need to appear smart or you need to appear competent or maybe you need to appear small. There's a lot of different ways that we can want to appear to other people. That really hinders people's ability to connect with us because we're not sharing of ourselves and who we really are they don't have a real person to connect to you're not sharing the real you so they don't get to know the real you and that is very much a barrier to connection and they won't know who you are and you're kind of left wondering would they really accept the real me if they knew the real me that's why having a mask (coughs) is such a hindrance to um, creating a good experience for people.
3: Yeah, and I can share from personal experience that, you know, when, when I have had a persona or a mask, it hinders my connection to others as well.
2: Yes.
3: I go through life feeling like people don't get me, and I feel disconnected and alone. Uh, even though if I'm around people, I just feel like there's this distance because people are getting my persona. They're not getting me. Exactly. So a part of uh, the way that you can be is also not taking risk. And it's a part of your experience in life, and it could be in a specific moment. But in general, this idea here is kind of more over a broad period of time where it makes for a very repetitive life. And so the experience you're creating, if it's, repetitive and boring, and you have a sense of, you know, it's the merry-go-round, Dread. and it's going through it again, and, oh, okay, I don't know, it's another Monday, and, you know, yay, it's Friday. And, is it
2: time to get off work yet?
3: Yeah. You're creating a, a very repetitive life, and it's it's like being stuck in a rut. And I know Zig Ziglar says that a rut really is just a grave with the ends kicked out.
2: Yeah. I can imagine, you know, trying to be close to somebody who basically hates their life, and that would be very difficult to be around. And maybe it's not as active as they hate their life, but they really don't. There's no zest. There's yeah. nothing that they're passionate about or excited for. <clears throat> that would be, that would be um, kind of sad for me. That would be my experience being around that person. Is I would feel a little sad for them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But so that's a, that's a great example of how we're showing up in life and how that's affecting other people. In fact, we're creating other people's experience of us, and we get responses for them. And and sometimes we're baffled by their responses, and we don't know why we're getting what we're getting in relationships. But oftentimes it has to do with how we're showing up.
3: So you're talking about now just not the experience you're creating for yourself, but the experience you're creating for other people as well.
2: One way to look at it is the way that you're being, the way you're showing up, what you're thinking and feeling, how that's affecting other people, does that invite people in or does it push them away? Does it make them want more of that? Or are they like, whoa, yeah, no, not so much? And, and do they want to pull away? And, you know, that will be a huge impact in, in our experience of feeling connected to people if we're unintentionally pushing people away. Uh, Is being with you like listening to a country western song? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that joke, you know, if you play a country western song in
8: reverse, you know
2: what you get, right? You get your dog back, your job back, your trailer back, your wife back. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, so if if your life is all about negativity, you know, people are going to have a hard time being around that. In our book, Splash, Increase Your Life's Impact, we had an exercise for people to do where we had them rate the, I don't know, maybe the five people that they spend the most time with. And I had people put a smiley face if they feel energized after being with that person, or like a flat line face if it's about the same, or a frowny face if they uh, feel really drained after being with the person. And this is kind of fun, but you can actually reverse that exercise and rate yourself And how are people experiencing you? Do you think they'd give you a smiley face, a flat-line face, or a sad face? Are you creating a good experience for people being around you?
3: Yes. And we're not asking people to be fake. Don't be fake. No, please. Yes. (laughs) Because that would be an experience of you as well, as being fake. But be yourself. uh, But also, you know, focus on the things that are more joyful and bright and hopeful around you and and share and share vulnerably so people can relate that that really would make a really big difference
2: yeah because complaining is just really cumbersome right
3: yes yeah complaining is not really very fun to to be around at all
2: no that's draining very very draining
3: so we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break you've been listening to the impact hour
5: What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of The Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to TheImpactHour.com to schedule your complimentary session today.
4: If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for The Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 1055. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 1055. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. You are listening to
1: The Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live a life rich in meaning and significance.
3: Welcome back to The Impact Hour. We've been talking about the experience that you create for yourself and for others. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about what is it like for others when we complain? And I think... It's so easy to just get into a complaining state. I'm not sure what it is that draws us in, but we are drawn towards negative things.
2: Yeah, I make a deliberate effort toward this, and sometimes I surprise myself. I I find myself in the middle of a conversation that's just really icky and mired down, and I'm like going, oh, I introduced that topic. (laughs) So I understand it's easy to do. It's it's so easy to complain. So, you know, on my journey, I'm um, getting better at that. Kind of invite people to take a look and see in your own conversations, where are you leading it toward down a path of complaining instead of looking at solutions and what's working? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Total side road. <laughs>
2: <I know. laughs>
3: and then you're like a mile away from the original topic you wanted to be on. Like, yeah. how did we get here? <laughs>
2: I'm like, oh, I did it. <laughs> yes.
3: So I, I don't know about for you, but for me, when, when someone complains about other people, that just feels real icky to me. And I often wonder then what do they talk about me when I'm not there? And, and it makes me just wonder, you know, is this person perceiving me and judging me and having all these negative comments about me? And I've, I've asked people outright, you know, so, you know, you complain about this person, but what about me? Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. But
2: it's <laughs> still kind of icky. Right. It
3: makes, it makes me not want to be around them so much. Mm-hmm. And, So the truth is that everybody has good and bad, and when we complain, we're just focusing on all those negative qualities about the person, but there's a ton of good qualities too, and we could just focus on the good qualities about the person. That would be just as skewed, but hey, that would be so much better (laughs) Mm -hmm. than than just focusing on all the negative things that, that a person does.
2: Well, and usually with complaining, it's not solution oriented, right? It's right. not about fixing it. No, it's, it's just I- icky. <laughs>
3: right? Yeah, and it, and it and certainly can get into gossip, and you can get into and gossip can be very damaging.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I know some workplaces that they have a no gossip policy. If they catch you gossiping, it's like one warning, and then one more is like we're done, wow. and that's it. That's pretty harsh, I think, but it's so damaging. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Another example of a way of being that, you know, kind of pushes people away instead of drawing them in, where we're creating a not-so-good experience for people by being around us, is giving unsolicited advice. Now, I admit this is easy to do because we see something and we, we think we know the answer. We want to improve their situation. But I think it's really good to evaluate, are we giving the advice truly for their benefit or or is it to build us up and make us look good? So it's always good to check our intentions when we really want to give advice. Here's the reason that it can be so damaging. You have to understand that people are moving through the world with an intense need to be seen, heard, understood, and valued. Okay, People want you to get them that's very very important and when you jump ahead to giving advice to something it feels like you're trying to solve a problem that you don't really understand so it's very important to before you jump into just giving advice ask some questions Uh, try to understand really what they're experiencing what are they looking for and then this is powerful you can ask for permission before you give advice you know are you open to some input on that would you like an idea and let them choose for themselves if they're really open or not and that's a really great way to keep from pushing people away but to draw them in especially that helping people to feel seen heard and understood you'll find people just light up when when they feel like you get them and and oftentimes they'll kind of relax and It's really powerful. In fact, it's an invitation for them to uh, want to see, hear, and understand you. It's not a guarantee, but it's definitely an invitation. Yes,
3: totally. Another way that um, we can negatively affect other people is in our need to be right. Now, I know I've struggled with this. I grew up in a family of right fighters. At least that's the way I've perceived it. Um, And where being right was more important than the relationship And uh, a part of it is, you know, being seen, heard, and and valued, and all of that. But being right is is a form of validation, and we're trying to be validated by being right. But oftentimes, it's at the expense of relationships. It can become a win-lose. So instead of the being right is helping to clarify something for somebody and be helpful, it's more of, okay, I, I score another one.
2: I've seen that. It really comes at the other person's expense. Yeah. So Being right is being over them.
3: It's, yeah. It's really
2: costly. It's actually costing the relationship. If you're needing to be right in any um, disagreement or whatever, just know that it may very well come at a cost.
3: <clears throat> yeah. It's, yeah. Sometimes it's very hard not to get roped into it. So I know for me, if I say something and someone immediately corrects me, okay, it's on.
2: <laughs> Game on. <huh? laughs> you know, I'm,
3: I'm going to be right here. And yeah and uh, to break that cycle can be really tough it's uh but it is so important to to preserve the relationship and to steer the conversation back to what's really important usually the topic of who's right or wrong is not that important
2: yeah i really appreciate that and i'm happy to to hang out here for a little bit because like i said being right is so can be so damaging needing to be right can be damaging in a relationship, you got to really assess what it is that you value. Is it important to be right, or is it important to be in relationship? Uh, I read a book, uh, Dale Carnegie, it's a classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And he actually gave an example. He was at, like, a dinner or something and sitting between two guys, and one guy said something that he just knew to be incorrect. So he went to correct the guy, and the other guy next to him, like, kicked him under the table. (laughs) which seems really harsh to me. And um, later in talking about it, it's like, you know, what you're doing by correcting him in front of everybody else is, is kind of humiliating him in a way. And and it just really made apparent to me the importance of understanding the effect on somebody when we're needing to be right. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth, worth evaluating.
3: So here's some things you can do instead. You're feeling pulled in to correct somebody or defend your being right. And instead, you can say, yes, and, rather than no, but. Mm
2: -hmm. You can say something as simple as, oh, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing that.
3: Yes. Or you can say, tell me more about that. It's possible that the words they actually selected to use wasn't what they actually meant. And so you say, tell me more about that. They get to clarify, and you go, oh, hey, that makes more sense.
2: I've, I've actually seen where pe- two people are arguing, and they're saying the exact same thing, but, boy, they're arguing. <laughs> yes. Somebody's going to win, and they're right. saying the exact same thing. They're just using different words and not really seeking to understand each other. Yeah. yeah. And
3: that's the next phrase you can use is help me understand.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then you can connect with what you do agree on. Say, I really, I really agree with this part. And you can shift the whole conversation from being about facts, which is usually what you fight about, and have it be about the person and the relationship. You can just stop and say, you know what I value about you is? And then just put that in there.
2: Nice. Yeah, we can really have leadership in our conversations and where we choose to take it instead of where it's going to go automatically. Or we can choose to steer it in a more positive, useful direction. Yeah. Yeah. So... We really want to highlight that how you're being, the experience that you're creating for yourself, and the experience that you're creating for other people is going to affect your ability to have a positive impact in the world.
3: Yes. So one of the things that uh, we just really wanted to highlight in this show was that uh, this show is about having a big impact in the world. and. There are different ways of doing that. You can be involved directly in something and being in front of people, you know, like teachers and therapists and, you know, a lot of other folks out in the world, or you could be doing it more indirectly by uh, being behind the scenes and supporting and leading and leading an organization, and maybe you're not in front of the people directly being influenced and helped. But however that is done, it's really important to work on yourself because... When you don't work on yourself, weird things come out in weird ways unexpectedly. We get triggered by weird things, and the way people experience us is not always really good.
2: Well, what we have is what I call an unintentional negative impact. We didn't set out to hurt somebody or to cause pain or upset people or any of that. It was unintended and we need to be aware of how people really are experiencing us and what, what that's causing for them.
3: Right. So, so can you make an impact? Even though you don't walk on yourse- work on yourself first, sure you can. But it is so much more multiplied when your beingness is so much more positive, it just explodes out in the world. You've been listening to The Impact. Thanks for listening.
6: Listen up. Pop quiz. What sound do you make but never hear? That's your snoring, and it might explain why your family wakes up cranky. Believe me, they can hear it even if you can't. I'm Trina Webster.
8: And I'm Dan Webster. I tried everything to stop snoring, including surgery. Trina and I figured there had to be a better solution, and we found it. We call it Z-Quiet because that's exactly what you get, a quiet night's sleep. Just go to GetZQuiet.com.
6: Z-Quiet is so easy to wear, and it works right out of the box. Over a million men and women have kicked snoring out of bed thanks to Z-Quiet and